Here we are, Thursday edition at Cabin's Group. Always enjoy being out here with Gary and the crew and uh, the dogs, Duke and Simba. Simba's very upset. There was just a, a recent delivery made and woke Duke up from uh, a nice nap. So that's how we're going to get started today. Hopefully you won't be taking a nap today because we have a lot of stuff to talk about, including the Sooners' victory in Game 1 of the uh, Women's College World Series Championship Final. 5 to nothing, uh, Oklahoma, Florida State, going with a little... Uh, I don't know if you want to say trickery or gimmicks, and I know Lonnie Alameda talking about we're going to do it the way we've done it or whatever, but I I am happy that Patty Gasso basically says, you know, to start this series, you're going to have to beat our best. I'm sending out Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson in his prime, Joe Frazier when he was great, whatever boxer you love, uh, and Jordy Ball was unbelievable. Because the Sooners were struggling until the bottom of the fourth inning. They've made a couple errors, one from uh, Alyssa Brito, one from uh, Jordy trying to field that uh, ground ball. And uh, the Sooners, you know, they weren't playing a clean game. They definitely weren't. But Kenzie Hansen answered. Obviously, they broke open that scoreless game with three runs in the fourth inning. And after that, um, I don't know, Parker, did we see uh, Florida State basically capitulate at that point? And like, yeah, man, this is Oklahoma, isn't it? I think we're done. Florida State put up a good fight there for a while, Steely. But as we know from watching OU softball over the course of this season and past seasons, it's always, well, I shouldn't say always without exception, but more often than not, it's just a matter of when the dam's going to break. And the dam eventually broke offensively for Oklahoma. And you kind of knew going into the night, Steely, that two or three runs was probably all you were going to need with Jordy Ball in the circle. And as it turned out, one run was all Oklahoma ended up needing. They got five of them, won that game handily, and now have an opportunity tonight to claim a third straight national title. And you win three straight national titles in anything, Steely. You are in remarkable company because back-to-back championships are hard enough to attain. To get three in a row, that's virtually unheard of. Yeah, no doubt. That is uh, clearly rarefied air. And once again, I love Tyler McComas' tweet last night, which I thought was great. Jordy Ball has scored more runs in the Women's College World Series, she by herself, than she's given up. She has been phenomenal right now, and it may not make a difference what happens tonight or even if we go to a third game. But clearly the MVP of this tournament is Jordy Ball. She has been unbelievable. She's such a bulldog out there, so competitive. And she's in his zone right now. She is really in his zone. Sooners win game one, five to nothing over Florida State. They get a win in game two tonight, six thirty on ESPN. Oklahoma will make it three straight natties for Patty, number seven overall for Patty Gasso. And uh, we'll see what happens tonight. Uh, as Plank said, he's the man. Probably Nicole May to start tonight with Jordy Ball coming out of the pen if needed. And, uh, you know, I can see Oklahoma getting a lead. And if it's, let's say it's a one or two to one game or something like in the fifth inning, I can see, unless Nicole May's got like, you know, 10 strikeouts or something, Jordy Ball coming in to finish it off. So we'll see what's happening uh, tonight. And weather wise, hopefully we'll be able to get it started on time. We did not uh, last night. So again, 6 30 tonight on ESPN. Now, Lonnie Alameda, who did play at the University of Oklahoma back in the early 90s for Marita Hines, back when they were playing at Reeves Park. 
you know, good coach, has a great program at Florida State. I, I think she is an excellent coach. But last night, a lot of people questioning that strategy. And I saw some FSU people, well, you haven't seen what they've done all year. I, I don't care what they've done all year. That first game is so important momentum-wise, particularly and. uh Florida State's a great program, a really good team. There is no doubt about it. I mean, just like Oklahoma, they rolled into this uh, championship series having uh, won three games. In fact, the Sooners, even though they were 3-0, probably had to work a little bit harder than Florida State. But to me, man, if you can come out and, uh, you know, deliver a a vicious blow to your opponent right off the bat, like Nuke Lelouch said in Bull Durham, establish your presence with authority – that's the thing to do, and they did that with Jordy Ball last night, and here's what Patty Gasso had to say about really no hesitation to use her ace last night. She is made to be able to do that. She wants the ball like nobody's business, not that we don't have faith in our others. Um, it's, it's just she is like a very, very hot pitcher right now. She's throwing the best she has all season right now. So you want to take advantage of that without um, running her too hard, you know, where she's going to run out of gas, but she is just feeling it right now. And, again, it's just that first game that's really important. And um, against a team like Florida State, I mean, you just got to go for it because they're so well coached. They run bases so well. There's things I'm watching that I'm like, we've got to do more of this. we got to learn how to do this better. Uh, so... They are very, very good team, top to bottom in everything that they do. And it's just it was a matter of, like, we've got to get our feet on the ground. And Jordy was the right matchup for this first game just to kind of allow us to get our feet on the ground. Can we go ahead and hand Jordy Ball the MVP if the Sooners close it out tonight? Yeah. I mean, uh, look, they've they've had a lot of great things happen. Kenzie Hansen was great last night. Jada Coleman. I mean, that, that, that was a major league play she made last night out in center field. You couldn't have played that any better. And it was almost comical. I had to laugh. Then I felt sorry for the Florida state runner to an extent, but it was like, okay, I got myself a dog. Oh, no, I don't. Sorry. Back to the dugout. I mean, what a gun on Jada Coleman played it perfectly off the wall. And, again, this team, you were going to, you know, and the Sooners, like I said, they committed a couple of errors, one for uh, Alyssa Brito, one for Jordy Ball. But you better play a near-perfect or a perfect game against Oklahoma or you aren't getting that win. So, again, yes, Jordy Ball has been just spectacular and great for her because, she, you know, last year with a forearm injury and not being a huge part, obviously, of the postseason uh, and cheering on her teammates and everything, this is so special, I'm sure, for her. And, uh, you know, she may not throw at 75 miles an hour like Kennedy, but she is showing right now that she's the best pitcher in uh, college softball because of the way she can move the ball around the zone, change speeds, plus that dogged determination like, man, I've got to get you out right now. And somehow she does it, it seems like, every single time. So the Patty clip, by the way, our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central with clinics in Norman, Midwest City. Now it's true uh, Tri-City location that is uh, tried and true like Norman and Midwest City. That Tri-City location, of course, serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full-service clinics treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. And all of our OU softball championship run updates are brought to you by Ortho Stat in Norman. Injuries again, 
problematic, not orthostato, same-day orthopedic care, no appointment needed. You can call Orthostat at 405-515-5575, or you can visit ouchorthostat.com to learn more. All right, so game two tonight. Uh, I love this, by the way. Yesterday on The Rush, all this talk about, you know, these excessive Sooner celebrations. They're such a great team. Act like you've been there before. How dare you show any joy? You're throwing a bat when you get a walk. Come on. I mean, that's what a lot of, you know, the people on Twitter are saying about Oklahoma. There's clearly a ton of jealousy involved in that, and uh, they're tired of seeing Oklahoma win. But yesterday on the rush, uh, Tyler and Teddy asked Bob Stoops if he's seen the criticism of the OU softball team for excessive celebration, and Bob said this. It's ridiculous. The bottom line, they play with joy, passion amongst themselves. They're not doing anything to the other team, so... Pipe down, uh, you know, if, if you do that against OU, you're going to celebrate the same way. But if, you know, the rest, you know, that's ridiculous. I don't even want to hear it. Uh, and you know what? Here's the thing, too. you got to realize, Patty's team, and when you have some of these teams that just win and win and win, it can get, if you don't have that joy and fun and passion, it can get boring. I've been on some teams where we win and win and win. We win and we didn't win good enough. And the guys in the locker room, Teddy, you know this. Everybody's quiet. Bullshit. You don't. You always celebrate a win. You celebrate good plays. You enjoy the game and you have passion and fun for the game. And that, to me, the best thing Patty got going is they love to play and they they have joy playing. And some of that is expressed. So be it. <laughs> Did Bob really say that on live radio? Yes, he did. Oh, Bob. What a legend. When Bob gets fired up and kind of gets in a little bit of a mood, like, I I thought it was a stupid question then, think it's a stupid question now, you know, that kind of deal. Uh, You could tell he was getting a little fired up there. So Bob Stoops not having any of that. And I love the point where he's talking about, because this really isn't one that I've heard before, but it makes a ton of sense. Sometimes when you're a winning machine, things can get, uh, you know, maybe, like he said, a little bit boring, routine, like, ah, we got this, you know. So that's probably part of the plan there as well. They celebrate everything. And, again, if you're a team that hasn't won 60 games against one loss and you haven't won back-to-back national championships, you're not going to be getting the grief you're getting nationally on social media right now. Look, I understand if you think – uh, celebrating a a walk by throwing a bat is a little excessive. I'm not saying oh, you shouldn't think that, but there's I think there's a method to the madness here from OU. Okay, by the way, we are here at Cavens Group, 13 years in business and a world-class reputation already. When you need emergency services, mold testing, mold removal, emergency water extraction, structural drying, trauma scene, Crime scene, tear gas, biohazard cleanup. Who are you going to call? Don't call the Ghostbusters. Call Cavens Group. Cavens Group, ladies and gentlemen. 405-573-3048. 405-573-3048. That's in Norman and Oklahoma City in Tulsa. 918-282-7612. They are the best in the business. They have the best reputation. Like I said, you know, we, we just go to the best places. We go to the best. That's who we like to deal with, and uh, Cavens Group certainly has that reputation throughout the state of Oklahoma and in other states as well. Okay, take a quick break right here. Come back. We'll talk more softball in a little bit. Jesse Crittenden joining us at 1235. 
on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. We'll talk to Jesse about Game 2 tonight. And we will jump into Sooner football and recruiting when we get back right here on the ref. Back here at Cabin's Group on a Thursday edition of Steel Man and Thune, hour number one, presented by last year Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. That is 405-579-3113. Tim Lasher and his great company will get any heat and air needs that you need addressed done in a quick way, a professional way, and a very cost-effective way for you, 405-579-3113. You know what's sad, Parker? What's that? Uh, I uh, I nearly ran out of breath in the first segment only because I was standing up and not sitting down. Oh no, that is that is that can't be a good sign. I'm like, man, I'm getting a little dizzy and I'm running out of breath here. I need to sit down. Now I've started to uh, to try and take care of that. I ended my nil relationship with uh, Hostess products, so hopefully that's a start. Try to eat a little more healthy. Not that I, I, I don't think really think I'm overweight. I just don't think my diet is very good at all. For the longest time, it it consisted of the uh, four food groups: Hostess, Mexican food, pizza, and various other sugary treats. Various other sugary treats is a very all-encompassing category. Yes, yes, it is. And uh, the various other sugary treats, I think, have been eliminated as well. So. I, I can't get rid of, uh, you know, Mexican cuisine or pizza. Those are just non-negotiable. Uh, I mean, to be fair, in the greater context of junk food, you can do a lot worse than Mexican food and pizza. True. And, again, it's not like those are every night, but uh, I just can't. I've got to have those two food groups, definitely. Okay. Uh, 405-651-3439, Chevrolet text line. So it appears to me that so many of these coaches have just decided, man, I don't think we can beat Oklahoma without trying something unconventional, almost. Um, you know, Tennessee. Sooners run rule Tennessee. And, again, look, Florida State had a chance. Man, I'm bringing Sandercock in that game. You know, when it's a scoreless game, and you not that you had Oklahoma on the ropes, but the Sooners had, uh, you know, had a couple errors, and uh, they hadn't, uh, you know, the offensive explosion may have come anyway. But at the same time, I just, Patty Gasso just basically says, we got the best team, we're giving you our best pitcher right off the bat, come beat us. And uh, she doesn't try and be Einstein or come up with uh, anything. Just, you know, go out there, play your best, do what we do. We should be able to take care of business. And I love the quote the other night, again, after the Stanford game, when she was asked, did you, uh, what would you have to say to Tiare there, you know, late when in the uh, extra inning games against Stanford? She said, you know, I find less is more. Uh, you know, I really don't need to say anything. In fact, if I do say anything, that probably creates a little more tension or pressure. If they see me a little bit nervous, I don't want to transfer that energy to them. She basically said they already know what to do, right? So, I don't know. It's it's. Good. I'd be surprised if the Sooners didn't wrap it up tonight. Um, I, I think that, look, no disrespect to Florida State. That's an excellent team, great program. We said they would be one of the big threats. 
Uh, I think we said it would be Tennessee, Florida State, and OSU is the three biggest threats for OU. Now, Kennedy and Votter had a lot to do with that, and they made the Sooners work too. But I just think the Sooners get this done tonight. It feels like, you know, they're going to get it done tonight, finish up 61-1, and win their third straight natty for Patty, and uh, end the season uh, with a 53-game winning streak. But the more important thing that we got to talk about in this segment, because we've got more Sooner softball when we talk to Jesse Crittenden in the next segment, is I need some good news in the world of recruiting because everybody that I'm looking at on social media thinks that the uh, Titanic has broken apart and, uh, like, the Sooner recruiting class is is going down, you know. And, again, with the Bryant-Wesco news, not good. Uh, committing to Clemson. Sammy Brown, you know, the Sooners were kind of in the running there, but they weren't taking Sammy Brown to the prom. It wasn't happening. Taylor Tatum, what's going on there? Uh, Joseph Jonah Ajonye, uh, you know, big, obviously, weekend coming up with uh, Will Nguyenary coming in this weekend and then the champion barbecue after that. So give me some good news, Parker Thune, in the world of OU recruiting. Well, Steely, the good news is, is that it's June 8th which means there's really not a lot to fret about yet. And, you know, I always think back, There's there's been a, uh, a regular on the message boards over the years who goes by the name Sooner Doug. I don't think it's Doug from Norman, but old Sooner Doug, let me tell you, Sooner Doug on the message boards is, I think, the poster child for the contingent of OU fans that only shows up on the message boards, only posts, only interacts, when things are doom and gloom in the world of recruiting. You won't hear a peep from them when things are going well, but when it comes time to pile on to whatever misery has befallen OU on the recruiting trail, they're front and center. A lot of those people are very active the first week of this month, as they were the first few weeks of last June. I think what you will find is that beginning on the other side of this weekend – you're going to hear less and less and less from those people as we move forward because the Sooners haven't hosted a single official visitor in the 2024 class yet. So, naturally, momentum will be trending elsewhere for some of their top targets because Oklahoma hasn't gotten these guys on campus for OVs yet. So, it shouldn't be a shock to hear that Joseph Jonah Jonier is kind of trending to Georgia, right? He's visited Georgia more recently than Oklahoma. Oklahoma's going to get the chance to stem the tide in that recruitment. They're going to get a shot at Taylor Tatum, and from everyone I've talked to, it seems to be good news that Taylor Tatum got out of Los Angeles without committing to USC, and there is still a belief that DeMarco Murray and the Sooner staff are in the catbird seat there. So reserve your sweeping judgments about this recruiting class until we see some of these guys lock in their commitments after official visits to Oklahoma, right? If you see a guy like Joseph Jonah Ajonye take an official visit to Oklahoma on the 16th and then follow back up with Georgia the next weekend and then decide to commit to Georgia, okay, fine. You know what? You got beat out by the two-time defending national champs. There's not a whole lot of shame to be found in that. But on the other hand, Taylor Tatum's a perfect example, right? USC comes out of that official visit weekend this past Sunday with some momentum. Well, let's just wait till Oklahoma gets their shot. Let's wait till DeMarco Murray gets his shot to host Taylor Tatum on campus for an official visit and see where things stand after that. Because it's easy to say, oh, Nigel Smith's trending to Ohio State, which, by the way, I don't believe is the case, when he is fresh off 
an official visit to Ohio State. But once the month of June has wrapped up, we'll have a better indication of where things stand with some of those top targets. And I do get the sense that Oklahoma is going to be able to continue their momentum and or reverse trends elsewhere with many of the prospects that they're going to host over the next two weekends. And uh, I know you think that this month there, I think you set the number at four and a half commitment-wise for this month for OU. Uh, The next couple commitments could very well be what? Offensive linemen? So it may not be the super sexy commitments that, you know, if you got Taylor Tatum or, you know, if you got Will Nguyenary this weekend somehow, which we don't think that's going to happen this weekend, even though he's visiting, or you got, you know, a skilled player, something like that. But... Uh, you would expect, what, within a week, maybe after this visit weekend and the champion barbecue, that commits will start rolling in. But when when do you think the first, quote-unquote, big, sexy commitment uh, will be coming down the road for Oklahoma? Well, Which, would depends. that be a while? It depends on what you categorize as big and sexy. Like, are you looking for a five-star, or are you content, or are you content with a solid upper echelon blue chip player because I think the possibility exists that by this time next week you could have one of Oklahoma's June 9th official visitors committed to OU now I don't necessarily know who that is there's some candidates that are more likely than others be that Grant Bricks or Jason Zandamella or Zion Raggins I think it's realistic that you could get a pretty quick commit coming out of this weekend that is ahead especially when you look at teams like Stanford and USC and well heck throw Georgia in the mix as well with big big tangible early returns coming out of their official visit weekends last weekend so there may be guys that are willing to shut it down after visiting Oklahoma this weekend again I don't necessarily know who that will be but what I do know is everything with regard to the recruiting cycle as a whole is getting moved earlier in the calendar these days because of the way that the transfer portal impacts numbers. Unless you are a Peyton Bowen-esque player and you can afford to wait until the actual 11th hour on signing day to make your commitment, generally most players are going to want to get their commitments out of the way earlier in the process now because, hey, they don't have to worry about the constant – Well, there are words, probably words that aren't FCC appropriate. But to carry your recruitment into your senior year is a major drag on a kid, typically. And also, if you're at home at a specific school, you want to be able to lock in a spot there before it disappears because the numbers game changes. We saw this last year with Malachi Coleman, who had a spot at OU, had a spot at OU, had a spot at OU, and then boom, that spot's gone. It's going to be uh, interesting to see what happens. We'll talk more in depth about this weekend and then the uh, Champion Barbecue uh, visitors coming up uh, for the Sooners. All right, I'm here at Cavens, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you've got mold issues, water issues, fire issues, the pipes break, and you've got an issue there in your home or business, call for instant relief. We're talking about like the Mariano Rivera of relievers, Cavens Group. They're the best in the business. Norman, Oklahoma City, 405-573-3048. 
in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. All of their social media, cavensgroup.com. Coming right back on the Riverwind Hotline with Jesse Crittenden talking Sooner Softball next. All right, let's bring in uh, Sooner Insider Jesse Crittenden from OU Insider, Rivals Network, Parker's colleague now at OU Insider. has been uh, with the OU Insider group for a while now and has been doing uh, stuff with us for a while, which we appreciate very much, and uh, joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Jesse, it appears that uh, if you look at the Tennessee game and then you look at what uh, Lonnie Alameda went with last night, starting-wise in the circle, that uh, these coaches are trying to figure ways to take down mighty Oklahoma. But, you know, David had the slingshot, but they haven't, they haven't found their slingshot yet. Do you think that OU is so much in these coaches' heads and people are just trying to figure out any way to take down Oklahoma um, that was part of the decision last night. And what did you think about the way that all went down? Yeah, I think I think that's a really good way to put it. I think I think OU has a way of making great coaching staffs and great rosters kind of make some some silly mistakes. And that's I mean it's a testament to Florida State. That's a really good coaching staff, a really good team over there. And I mean I think everybody expected Catherine Sandercock to be in the circle. Uh, she was not. It was Mac Leonard who, I mean, Mac, give Mac Leonard credit. I mean, OU through the first three innings only had one hit, no runs, and, and Mac Leonard has not pitched very much at all. I think she's pitched 37 innings, uh, you know, going into that game. Um, give her credit. She did a good job, but once once they took her out and started going through the rest uh, of the bullpen, that's really when OU took advantage. And, she, you know, she talked about it uh, after the game that, uh, you know, she didn't want to throw Catherine Sandercock in for seven innings and, and, and potentially have to throw her in for all seven innings in a game 3-2. I mean, she said when, once OU sees a pitcher enough times, they're going to figure her out. And I think that's reasonable. I mean, I think you can kind of agree with that. But on the flip side, I think there's also an argument to be made that you're playing an OU lineup that's too good. And at some point, you, you really can't afford to take too many chances. You can't make too many mistakes. I think ultimately you've got to throw your best players in there. And, again, give credit to Mac Leonard, who started the game really well. But I think once they started trying to shift things around, which OU has seen before, they've seen multiple pitchers in a game many times at this point. Once they did that, I think OU took advantage. If OU gets in a pinch tonight, Jesse, let me ask you this. From a strategic standpoint, do you roll Jordy Ball back out there with as hot as she has been in the circle? Or – do you figure, okay, we got Jordy for a game three if we need her. Let's give her some rest tonight and see what we can cobble together with the rest of the pitching staff. Yeah, that's a really interesting question. And I think I think this has been a, a really interesting situation because, I mean, again, uh, this pitching staff as a whole, it's not just Jordy, right? They've been fantastic all year. Nicole May and Alex Straco were really great, especially during the regular season. And I think Patty Gasso approached this all season as, I want to give those three players basically equal opportunities. She threw them a similar amount of innings, and I think that, I think it was purposeful to do that. But I think what we've seen as we've gotten later into the postseason uh, that that Patty Gasso's not pulling any punches. It's kind of the opposite of what opposing co- uh, pitching staffs are trying to do to OU. I think Patty Gasso has seen how much of a heater Jordy Ball is on. I mean, she's now pitched over 21 innings in the World Series and has yet to give up a run. I mean, that, that really is incredible when you think about it. 
And I think it's one of those things that it's, it's not, a, you know, I think Patty's trying to be careful not to put too much on Jordy. But at the same time, Jordy is far and away, you know, the, the, the best option for OU right now. Having said that, I, I would expect Nicole May to be in the circle today, uh, at least to start. That's, that's how they approached it. Uh, you know, a couple of days ago or on Monday, you, you know, Nicole May gave up an early home run against Stanford and then retired 13 straight batters. They know they can count on Nicole May. But having said that, that my expectation would be Nicole May's in the circle. But, you know, if, if things get if things get tough down the stretch, no, you need some momentum. I would I wouldn't be surprised if Jordy Ball uh, come, you know, comes in to relieve like she has a couple of times this postseason. So I, I, I think. You know, I, again, I think Nicole May is going to get the start, but I do think Jordy Ball could come in down the stretch. And if it went to a game three, even if Jordy Ball plays some tonight, I would not be shocked if Jordy Ball goes to a game three. She's talked, uh, Patty Gass has talked all about Jordy Ball wants these moments. She doesn't get tired. She wants the big moments. So I think she would be a little concerned about playing her too much to start her today, but I don't think she'd be afraid to throw her in, uh, you know, midway through the game, late in the game if it's necessary. Jesse Crittenden with us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Game two tonight uh, at Hall of Fame Stadium. 6.30 is game time tonight. Uh, we'll see what the weather does tonight. It's kind of the same situation uh, tonight as it was last night, but uh, hopefully it won't start as late. We won't have a couple of delays. All right. Um, you know what's amazing is there, in, as long as Patty Gasso is around uh, and she's – clearly around next year for for love's field and you know um it just this this looks like this can just keep on rolling jesse look they've still got to finish the job i firmly expect him to do that i mean uh, florida state's in a situation with their backs to the wall now but they've got to be at oklahoma twice to win this so i think the sooners certainly they're on the cusp of winning their third straight but not only that, it's not like, well, they're going to lose half the team or whatever. They've got so many great players coming back. They're recruiting at a high level, clearly. Everybody wants to play at Oklahoma. Great players coming through the portal, one to come to Oklahoma. I mean, I don't know when this, this domination ends for OU. Yeah, I think OU really is in such a unique position, and I think they have such an abundant, abundant of riches. I mean, I was even going through the 2021 final series between – Florida State and OU, and and it, and it was all, it was kind of a reminder of how many players are on the team right now that were making plays in that 2021 series, and they're going to be back next year too. I mean, with with Jada Coleman and Tiari Jennings, I mean, you you go up and down the lineup. I mean, not to mention uh, Jordy Ball and and Sydney Sanders. I mean, these are I mean these are players that have a ton of experience. Uh, they, you know, and OU has players making plays right now that have been making plays for years, and they're going to be back next season. So I think it's a really unique thing for OU to have some players that they were able to bring in as freshmen who continue to make plays every year, and you can roll over to the next season. So um, having said all that, I mean, I think as much as OU has had continuity, they've also found a way to bring in players to the transfer portal, whether that's uh, Haley Lee or even Alyssa Brita last year or I mean or even Alex Scarocco in the circle Sydney Sanders um, you know so I, I think it's reasonable to think that I mean even if OU didn't make any moves in the offseason they would still be probably the favorites going into next season just because of how much the talent they've got coming back but yeah you add in the moves that that Patty Gasso is certainly going to make in the transfer portal you add Love's Field, and you know it's gonna it's gonna more than double the capacity. It's gonna be a nicer facility. It's gonna be easier for recruiting. All that said, it's so rare to find a college team 
that has had so much success and feels like it has more success to come in the coming years. It's, it's a really rare thing to see. On the precipice of national championship number seven, Jesse, let's say the Sooners get it done tonight. Where does Patty Gasso's legacy rank, not just amongst the prominent figures in sports at the University of Oklahoma, but amongst the prominent figures in the sport of softball on a global level? Yeah, I think, I I mean, I I don't know how you couldn't put her at the top of that list, really in general, and not only just, I think, in in terms of softball, but I think in terms of college coaches ever. And that, that seems like a big statement. But I think one of the things you have to factor is, uh, of course, she's won, uh, you know, assuming they, they finish uh, things up in this series, they get number seven, they get their third straight. Obviously, that's, that's an incredible amount of success in a decade. Um, but, but this team has seen, uh, Patty Gasso has seen softball go from a sport that didn't really, I mean, there, there wasn't really a fan base. People didn't really care as much about softball and she's now seen it grow so much into it's really become a national thing there's so many people who are watching these games and and obviously OU has had such a big part of that but I think Patty Gasso has played a huge part in building this game too so I think it's almost double um, you know as far as legacy not only has she's had she's had a credible amount of success but she's doing it in a sport that is really growing and I think continues to grow in front of our eyes so I don't know exactly what the list would be in terms of greatest coaches ever. That's that's maybe a discussion for another day. But if I'm looking at coaches who uh, have had the most success, who have done the most for the game they coach, for the program where they coach, uh, I don't know how many more names you could put before you got to Patty Gasso. No doubt. No doubt about that. Jesse, great stuff. Enjoy the game tonight. And uh, we'll see if the Sooners can get it done uh, in two games tonight. I I think they probably will, but nothing's guaranteed, and uh, we got to hope for good weather again tonight. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, you guys, for having me on. Jesse Crittenden joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Speaking of Riverwind Casino, what a great, great, great operation. Over 2,800 electronic games. They're approaching 3,000. They have a brand-new gaming floor. The renovations, the new renovations look spectacular. Riverwind was already the best in the business in the metro area. And uh, they have always done things the right way, in a classy way. They just have a great setup, and now it's even better. Best games, best bars and dining, an incredible hotel, the best service, all your favorite table games as well, off-track betting. New Member 7 program, you can earn up to $450 in one day. And don't forget, we've got another Beats and Bites show outdoors this weekend at Riverwind, presented by Coop Ale Works. Show number two, the Gin Blossoms and Tonic. We opened it up with a great show from 38 Special and Blue Oyster Cult. And we've got this Saturday night, Gin Blossoms and Tonic on the Beats and Bites stage. Tickets are only 10 bucks. Get yours at Riverwind.com or inside the casino at the casino box office right there outside the Showplace Theater. Kids under 12 get in free. Great food trucks everywhere, arts and crafts, games for the kids. Bring your lawn chairs, your folding chairs. Bring yourself, bring your appetite. You'll have a great time this weekend. Gin Blossoms and Tonic on the Beats and Bites stage outdoors at Riverwind. Let's come back, and uh, let's get to the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. That is 405-651-3439. Here at Cavens Group, always love being out here. Coming right back on the home of Sooner fans. 
Cavens Group, just like the OU softball team, best in the business, unbeatable when it comes to uh, emergencies. If you have uh, flooding, you find you might have mold in your home or business. Fire damage, Cavens is the very best. In the Norman, Oklahoma City area, 405 573 In Tulsa, 918-282-7612. They'll get it taken care of for you. Tremendous reputation, emergency services, 24-7, 365 days a year. And roofing as well, roofing, repairs, replacement, free inspections. My man Chris Smith will get that done for you. They do it all here at Cavens, and they are the very best. All right, 405 405- Six five one thirty four thirty nine. Let's close out this first hour and head to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Parker Thune. To the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line we go. Sean says, I'm no longer mentally or physically capable of watching a deciding game. Just finish them off tonight. I, yes, I'm all for I'm all for tonight as well. The older you get, you know, it's 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 a little bit scarier that you could collapse or it could get to you. So, yeah. From a listener in the I'm 405, Sooners only lose four players to eligibility after this year. Lions, Grace Green, Alex Duraco, and Haley Lee, all others still have eligibility left, but a ton of the players will be gone after 2024 due to the last year of COVID uh, extension. You know what? Uh, I think Patty is going to keep this thing rolling as long as she's in charge. And look, she, uh, you know, whoever the, the reins get turned over to, whether it's JT or uh, whatever, and I think JT would be, a, you know, Jen Rocha, what, whatever they're going to do, uh, Patty is going to leave in a way, I believe, when the program is still rolling. I mean, really rolling. And they're going to be in Love's Field again next year. Their facilities are going to be even better. So, you know, Oklahoma softball is going to be a power for years and years and years to come. Uh, somebody on the text line said, OU softball has some good hitters, but I bet they don't hit bombs like Steelman did when playing for the Norman Pony League Cardinals. Well, you know, I, uh, I, you know, I, I probably not. No. I, I would say I was decent, but no superstar. But uh, we we had a pretty decent team. You know what was interesting back in Little League uh, back then? It was cool to have, and we played some at Reeves Park. We also played at that park over on the, uh, on the west side of town. I can't remember what it was called. But everybody, you had to have the plastic batting helmets, you know, Instead of wearing a cap, we'd all wear batting helmets around. And I see some of those pictures from days gone by and go, why don't we think these were cool? I mean, it was cool because you wanted to get, you know, your favorite team. Mine was the A's back in the day. Uh, you know, there were a lot of Cincinnati Reds and St. Louis Cardinal batting helmets around. But you had to have the plastic batting helmet. That was like you weren't cool unless you had that. Can you imagine wearing a plastic batting helmet around, Parker? Wearing it around? Yes, like, like we would have ran. Like if you weren't playing and you were out watching, maybe your buddies play on another team or whatever, you were wearing the plastic batting helmet, or you weren't cool. Wow, that's <laughs> fashion has come a long way. Yes, since then. yes. You look back at some of your older pictures and like, man, that really looks bad. From but another, at the time, we thought we were super cool. From another listener in the four hundred five, Parker, I don't know how you do it. These fools freaking out right now are the same dummies that were calling us three star you this time last year. 
They're so annoying. Uh, <laughs> another recruiting text. Uh, but even if guys decide to shut it down this weekend, does BV take them or does he tell them to go on other trips? I don't believe we're getting anyone that we think we're supposed to because that has not been the case for two cycles now. Are you joking? What do you mean you don't believe we're getting anyone that you think you're supposed to? You were supposed to get PJ Adabare last year. You were supposed to get Sammy Omosigo last year. You were supposed to get Peyton Bowen last year. I can think of... And this is the, this is part one of the tough aspects of covering recruiting, Steely, is that everybody will remember the guy that you didn't get that you led for, but they won't pay any attention to the twenty other guys that you led for and closed on. Yeah, everybody wants to remember the fact that DJ Hicks flipped from OU to Texas A and M shortly before walking up to the podium. Nobody wants to remember that OU convinced PJ Adabare that OU was the spot for him and that he should shut it down before he ever got the chance to take an official visit to Georgia. I like that that guy called people dummies. You don't hear that a lot. Let's start bringing that back. Fred Sanford, remember, you big dummy. There are some dummies out there. I'm not talking about blocking and tackling dummies. I'm talking about genuine dummies that are still out there. And it's not as harsh as some of the other words. So we'll start using that a little bit more. Gary Cavins, the opposite of a dummy. He's going to join us coming up to start next hour. Stay with us here on The Ref. We'll actually have three men talking here in a minute. The man here at uh, Cavins Group, the one, the only, Gary Cavins. He's got a great crew out here. They're the best in the business. And Gary is, uh, you're like the Patty Gasso of this dynasty that you've created here, Gary. And that's a compliment, right? That's about as big a compliment as you can get right now. That's the biggest compliment you can get right now, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. All right. You guys, again, one of the reasons you're the best in the business is, Number one, you know, you've got a great structured organization here. You've got so many crews that can go out and help people just like that. First call, you guys are there before anybody else. That's why I've talked to you, you know, the last couple weeks. You guys never know when an emergency is going to hit. I, I think what would be smart would be put Cavens Group in your phone. You know, if you're in the Norman, Oklahoma City area, 405 573 That's 405 405- Five seven three thirty forty eight because that way you know we've told you what Cavens does how quickly they can get there and the minute something happens bad like that boom you've got their number if you're in the Tulsa area Cavens Group nine one eight two eight two seven six one two I seriously would put that I've got uh, Cavens in my phone because I know I'm uh, you know but something's going to happen I'm bad luck Schlepprock we're going to have some kind of mold or something eventually I'm I know I'm personally molding right now in old age so but i think that would be a smart move but you guys breaking new ground again in mold and fire investigation one of the reasons that you stay on top is because you're continually looking at the latest information and figuring out i know we're great right now and we're we're considered the best of the business but to stay on top we've got to know all the new techniques all the new things go learn all the new trends and what people you know other people may be doing around the country so you guys are breaking new ground now in both of those mold and fire investigations yes yes so, so you know if you have a uh, if you've had a fire at your property um whether it's a business a home or anything any kind of industrial or in, 
any any situation, we can come out and do um, you know after the fire department's left and every the scene's cleared and all that, we can come out and uh, help with uh, getting everything dried out, getting everything cleaned up. But we can also help now with uh, we can do an additional uh, report, investigation, and testing. Um, for uh, to build a packet for the insurance company. And what that does is that allows you to make sure that you're not being taken advantage of by the insurance company. And getting all this documentation and everything on the front end is really important because once you clean everything up, you can't document it again. So, um, you know, a lot of people are, were getting taken advantage by insurance companies because they were getting everything cleaned and then they weren't documenting it. And uh, so this is great new stuff that we do, um, and we use our third-party laboratory to work with us on this. And uh, we do we go in and we do some testing of all the rooms in the house, and it basically says tells us where, what needs to be cleaned, what what's there, and basically, and then we do it at the end to make sure everything's clean and everything's gone. And then that eliminates the fighting back and forth with the insurance company because, uh, well, you know, the insurance can argue with a rock, but, you know, they uh, we try to eliminate as much as that as possible. And what that does is it allows um, um, basically to know that room, the insurance can't come back and say that certain rooms weren't affected by the fire, so they're not going to pay for them to be clean. This testing says it'll say yes or no, they were affected by the fire and yes they do need to be cleaned or no they don't it's it's very there and you have that after it's all done but something that's really really cool about this testing too um, is um, also you can go in and um, so like in new york right now we've got the big fires from canada coming down right so there's a lot of smoke and ash that's getting in new york because of that because of the how the wind's traveling and everything in the you know everything and so there's going to be cleanup in there and this testing basically would go into like a new york apartment or a new york home or something like that and we do this testing and would say yes this house has been affected by the canadian fires and yes it needs to be cleaned because this is in the house and it is affecting the health of the people living in the house and so this is this is awesome stuff out there and you know we do this with the mold and we also do other testing with the mold and we do water intrusion testing to i mean investigation not testing investigation too so we have a uh, uh, you know, we have uh, me, Jessica L., we're the two that are trained in all this stuff, and, de- and we're develop- can continuing to train more people, but we're the two investigators with the company right now, and we're training several other right now through the going through their apprenticeship program. So not only do you go out there and begin the cleanup, and you guys have the reputation as the best in the business here doing that, whether it's mold or fire, but you're also showing people how they can save money and battle the insurance company. I yes. mean, I like that because I'm the kind of guy that would go, you know, well, I don't, you know, I don't know what to do. You guys let me know. But, I, you know, it, it's kind of like if you deal with a car mechanic and you're an automotive idiot like me, you know, somebody can tell me I need to do something that probably doesn't exist, and I'm going to say, yeah, go ahead, put it in. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah, but so you guys help and you make sure that, they're going to be treated fairly as well, and you give them a step-by-step process to deal with the insurance company too? That's right. That's amazing. And, you know, the great part about this is, you know, sometimes in fire situations, sometimes they go to litigation because, you know, they're so big and there's so much going on with fires and stuff. And so what we, you know, the best way to look at it is we're building out this packet in case it does have to go to a public adjuster or it does have to go to an attorney for litigation against the insurance company, they're going to need all this stuff. And the problem is, after you clean, you don't have it anymore. So getting it on the front end is super important. And, you know, 
you don't necessarily have to hire us for the cleaning to have us to come out and do the, the this investigation, these reports. We can do this, and you can hire somebody else to do the clean, or you can hire us to do both. Um, but you know, this is just something that's it's a tool in the toolbox for your business or your home to protect you a step further with the insurance. And in some cases, in well, in most cases, the insurance is going to pay for this too because it's part of the process of documentation because we're going to come in after it's done and we're going to do this post-testing too to make sure everything's clean and everything's healthy for you and your family or your employees at your business. Yeah, and the thing is, if it's your home or your business, you know, both are uh, the biggest investments you're going to have and you are not wanting to deal with all of that minutiae. You know, you're just worried about, golly, I got to tell people what's going on here with the business or, you know, you you're, you may have to relocate your family for a little bit or whatever. You, you're dealing with enough emotionally at that time. That's why you guys come in so handy. You just basically say, we got the cleanup. We'll take all the pictures, document everything for you. Go do what you have to do. And that's comforting for people in that situation because it's a tough situation to be in. It is. It's a very tough situation to be in, and, and sadly enough, we see it all the time because that's the business we're in. But that's why we're the professionals. Let us come in and help you because you have so much else going on. You need to hire somebody that's a professional to come in and help and take care of things. There you go. Are you ready to celebrate a Sooner Championship tonight? Heck, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Jessica Cavins has been... Every single game, all the different games, she's been all over it. She's a super pump. She's a, really into OU softball and OSU softball a lot. And, um, you know, we, we see it around the house. And Court, our five-year-old, I mean, he's, he's in there watching the games and everything, and he's, he's pumped about it all too. So as much as a five-year-old can be, but he's, uh, he's loving it. He's loving it, and she's loving it, and I'm loving it, and it's just great. Yeah, I'm ready. it's pretty incredible. Game two tonight, 630. ESPN, Game 2 of the Women's College World Series. Sooners win. Patty's third straight national championship, her seventh overall. And the Sooners would finish the year as the national champions at 61-1 and with a 53-game winning streak. That's good. That's really good, like all-time good. Gary, great to see you. Thank you for your hospitality again. We appreciate you. Talk to you next week. Sounds outstanding. Thank you so much. Gary Cabins here at Cabins Group. All right. Uh, by the way... 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I, I want to play this clip, Parker, from uh, Lonnie Alameda, the uh, Florida State coach from last night in the post game. And, again, Lonnie Alameda played at OU back in the way early 90s, played for Marita Hines back when they were playing at Reeves Field. And uh, is, is one of the better coaches in the country. Has a great program at Florida State. And, uh, you know, they're really, really good. But, again, the Sooners uh, just – Found a way again last night behind Jordy Ball's dominance in the circle, and they broke through in the fourth inning, and they win the game five to nothing. They were that close, that close to ending it on a home run ball off the bat of Haley Lee, that of course was uh, caught by Kylie Mudge with a great play, a couple great plays in the outfield. Jada Coleman's uh, throw was unbelievable. Kylie Mudge robbing Haley Lee of the home run was amazing as well. But let's hear what Lonnie Alameda had to say again. Um, she knows right now, and she knows what the criticism was of uh, the way she approached her pitching situation last night, but she also knows the Knolls are in a tough spot down one zip. 
uh, tomorrow's game could end the season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's a reality. I mean, Oklahoma is 60 and one. Like, there's a lot of teams that, you know, they've beat. And so um, we know that this is a tall task. Uh, you know, they, they're a great ball club. And so I think uh, the so what next pitch kind of mindset, you know, is more about us staying in it um, and then really making sure that we just can't give the inches, you know, that they got today uh, just because they take advantage of them so well. So, um, but, you know, we got outside ourselves a little bit today. Um, it was a, it was a, a lot with the, the fans and the noise and the moments. And, you know, I liked how we responded. We kind of went in and out. I would like us to stay a little tighter tomorrow. And that's the challenge that we talked about in the locker room. Nicole Auerbach, The Athletic. Lonnie, did you think about putting Cat in when you made the pitching change in the fourth inning? Nope. Um, I think uh, if we had a lead, definitely, you know, could have done that. But, you know, definitely sticking to the plan that we've had all year. And, um, you know, I think they're a really good team in making adjustments. So needed to see what we had, you know, from our other pitchers too. So, um, you know, and then once they got the lead, there was no reason to. And, you know, now we've got game two. And, you know, if they go with Jordy, they go with Jordy. And then, you know, if they go with someone else, then we got a different look. But at least we got some looks at Jordy. There you go. Game two coming up tonight, 6.30 on ESPN. Hopefully we'll get a break from the weather. Won't have to uh, – man, I, it, I'm amazed. Shay and I both made it. I'm usually the guy on the, asleep on the couch by like 9.30, particularly if I don't decide. Sometimes I'll go, i got to go get coffee made because I'm, I'm starting to fade. But no problem staying up late last night watching the Sooners uh, get it done in game one. So there you go. All right, uh, Parker, why don't we take a break right here, come back, talk a little uh, Sooner football. Uh, Bob Stoops comments also yesterday on the rush about the Sooners Hall of Fame nominees for the College Football Hall of Fame. Dewey Selman, Rocky Kalmus, Josh Heupel, we'll talk about that. And uh, take some of your texts when we get back on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. That's coming up next here on The Ref. All right, welcome back. There's a band that a lot of people like that I despise. Really, you're not a Bon Jovi guy. I I might even listen to Nickelback over Bon Jovi. Wow, that's saying something. I no doubt that is going to stir up some dissension I, I on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet. I text don't line. know why, but you know what is what is like a popular band that everybody likes that you don't like. I mean, in general, I am not a huge fan of country music. Obviously, there are a lot of folks in this neck of the woods that adore country music. I'm not one of them. I'm also from Nebraska, so maybe it's the outsider in me. But you I'm city just, slicker, that's why thing I always knew. I'm just not a country guy. I can get down with a lot of the aspects of Southern culture, a lot of it. Country music is not one of those for me. But you, I mean, you like like Johnny Cash, old school, right? I mean, of course. Johnny Cash isn't really country, though. Johnny Cash is his own genre. We've had he this conversation. Is. I mean, he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, too. So, uh, But I'm an old school. I'm not a huge one, but I liked Waylon and Willie. I like Johnny Cash. Mm, I'm trying to think. Maybe a little bit of George Jones. Maybe a little bit of George Strait. Other than that, I Toby Keith, of course. I mean, come on. But other than that, I'm just I don't like the new school country because I I don't think they're like real cowboys and stuff. I just think they're you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Joe from Guthrie says, add that to Parker's woke resume. Yep, that's right. City slick and woke wanna be thune. Come on, man. 
All right, um, 405-651-3439. By the way, I'm looking at, I've got so many notes today, and they're, again, a ton of chicken scratch notes, but I am able to read all of them again because I've been to Dr. Bellardo, and you need to get to Dr. Bellardo. You know, where you get the phone or something, somebody hands you, hey, look at this, I saw this on Instagram, and you've got to either hold the phone like 10 yards away from you, however long you're, or you have to look real close at it, like what? If you're in that situation, if you're far-sighted or nearsighted, you need to call Dr. Bellardo. I have uh, worked with Advanced Laser Center and Cataract Center now for years and years. Uh, they did my procedure years and years ago, and guess what? For an old man, I'm seeing pretty, pretty good. So you can totally trust Dr. Bellardo and the great staff over there at Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. They've been the experts in that field for over 20 years now. Call this number. See if you qualify for lens replacement or cataract surgery. The number is 405-755-7700 for your free consultation from Dr. Bellardo. Or you can go online and get it all done at ALCOK.com. That's ALCOK.com, as they always say. If you want to see far, you want to see near, you have to come here to the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. They're big time. Okay, um, so Dewey Selman, Rocky Kalmus, Josh Heupel nominated for the College Football Hall of Fame yesterday on the rush. Bob Stoops uh, the other day asked about it, and, uh, you know, obviously he's going to think all of them deserve to be in because they do. But here's what Bob said about that trio and the possibility of getting into the uh, – college football hall of fame well i think they all should be and and so it you know those guys are incredible players look what they all did um so i'm for all of them and uh you know i love dewey selman the family dewey's been a dear friend to me from the day i got here and then josh heupel i about i've said this multiple times he he's the mvp of any player i've I've recruited or has come you know, that, that through my 18 years. Now, is he the absolute best player? No. But is he the MVP? Because he got it started and, and won a national championship as a, as a quarterback. And he was the catalyst in, in that, you know, those two years to get us started and get us to where we've become. Um, you know, and now, now, Rocky, you're talking about a two-time first-team All-American, a Buckus Award winner. I mean, an incredible player, just over and over. Uh, so, you know, his his accomplishments, tackles, everything, and then awards all speak for themselves. So he, you know, they all in different ways deserve it. No doubt, and I'd love to see Dewey get in. The Selman brothers and the Selman family, just special people, absolutely special people. And what Bob said about Josh Heupel, I can still remember. I can remember the dummies back in the day. Parker, who's this Josh Hupel dude? Really? That's who we're bringing in at quarterback and two years later won a national championship. So he was huge. He helped get the ball rolling. And uh, look, man, it was embarrassing. The, uh, the Certainly the Blake Schnellenberger era was very difficult. I mean, embarrassing many times. I remember OU fans again. Kansas came into the Norman, beat OU up soundly. And as Glenn Mason was walking off the field, the then Kansas coach, I was down there, and I saw a bunch of OU fans standing there at the rail ripping on the guy for running the score up. That's how bad it was. So Josh Heupel, I agree with what Bob said. 
again, most instrumental, valuable player because, man, he believed that they could win a national championship, and they did. So, by the way, Sooner Hall of Famers, by my count, I can do this quickly, and because of Dr. Bellardo, I can read the very small writing. Hall of Famers, College Football Hall of Famers, Benny Owen, Claude Reed, uh, Bud, Forrest Geyer, Billy Vessels, James Owens, Tommy McDonald, Clinton Thomas, Walter Young, Leroy Selman, Steve Owens, Jim Weatherall, John David Roberts, Billy Sims, Jerry Tubbs, Tom Brahaney, Rod Schott, The Boz, Ricky Dixon, Greg Pruitt, Kurt Burris, Keith Jackson, Barry By God Switzer, Tony Casillas, Joe Washington, and Bob Stoops, Sooners in the College Football Hall of Fame. All right, you want to get some uh, texts in, Parker? Montana Sooner on the air, uh, on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Almost did it again. Dang it. Montana Sooner says, Today's country artists drive BMWs, read GQ magazine, and drink soy lattes. Nothing country about them short of where they might have grown up. Yeah, I think you may be onto something. I mean, except for Toby Keith, of course. That man is a national treasure. Toby Keith. I hope he's doing well. Toby Keith, praying for Toby Keith. Toby Keith is a legend, unquestionably. You have your name on a water tower, Steely. You are officially in elite company. How many people have their name on a water tower? Just in general, not necessarily locally, not necessarily just in the state of Oklahoma, but how important do you have to be to the culture of a specific area of the country to have your name on a water tower? I think that if Patty Gasso wins this tonight or wins this championship, which she will, she should get a water tower. In California or in Norman? In Norman, yes. Okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna let California claim her. No. Mule shoe can get that sewage treatment plan out there if they ever name one. Or maybe we can name one for him here, like uh, the people in uh, Utah did for Barry Switzer back in the day. So and that there that's a composting facility off of Highway Nine. Yes, Lincoln M. Riley. Uh, what could we call it? Compost facility. <laughs> Oh, D in Choctaw says, you're listening to the wrong country. Any uh, Tyler Childers, Shane Smith, Turnpike Troubadours, I believe they come from Okima, Oklahoma, if mm-hmm. I'm not wrong. Yeah, Give they're those big. guys a listen. Anything on CMT is country. It isn't country. It's pop music with a southern accent. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, Red Dirt, some of that stuff's all right. Um, you know, I maybe... Uh, like I said, I did like I, – I appreciate old-school country a lot more. I always like Johnny Cash. I love Waylon and Willie. I like, like, Charlie Pride, too. My dad used to listen to that stuff all the time. And, of course, what was I wanting to listen to? I was wanting to listen to Kiss and Led Zeppelin and Boston and, you know, classic rock. But uh, I just – I'm not a big fan of the new new school country. It's very poppy. Big Rich in OKC says, Parker doesn't like a chicken fry and gravy. Hey, let's not get it twisted here. All right, Southern comfort food, I will always be down with. Listen, if I have a heart attack at age fifty while eating banana pudding, you can just you, you can know that I died content, and you can play free bird at my funeral. You know what? A chicken fried steak sounds really good right about now. It always it? does. I mean, you just got to have the gravy and the mashed potatoes, which you almost always do. Or or alternative, Steely. 
throw some scrambled eggs next to that thing, and it's breakfast food. That's true. Yeah, you can eat that for breakfast. Absolutely. So, man, now I'm thinking about a good chicken fried steak. Hmm, I, don't, I won't have time after the stream to go get one before OU tonight, though, but maybe maybe Friday night seniors' dinner hours, which I'm telling you, it's the magic hour from like 4 to 5. At Perkins? It's wherever, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, we went to Chewy's last week, and I think there were like three people there besides us. It was wonderful. It was It was a dining utopia is what it was. Absolutely awesome. Michael from Missouri says, if your name is spray-painted on a water tower, does it count? (laughs) I don't think so. I don't think so. But Patty Gasso, what can we get, Patty, for this national title? I mean, these rings are great. I know and everything. But I think a water tower, do we need more water in certain parts of the uh, the area? There's only one water tower, right, in Norman, or there a couple. There are a couple. There's one over on the northwest side over by my stomping grounds, and then there's the one over on Flood uh, over in that area off 77, I believe. But if the next water tower, you we're going to put uh, Patty Gasso's name on. That's what I think we should do. we got to do it. We got to do it. All right, we'll take a break right here. I'm at Cavens Group. Always love being out here with Gary and the crew. They are awesome. Duke's having a great time today. The radio got a lot more exciting because Duke was asleep uh, very early on in the show and is now has been over here pawing me like, dude, I need some attention right now. But at least he's not sleeping right now, which is a good thing. All right, stay with us. Coming right back. Let's talk a little more uh, OU football when we get back here on The Ref. Back here at Cavens Group, they are the best of the business. Again, emergency services. You have an issue with flooding in your home. You've had a fire. You've got mold, which is not cool. They will do the testing, remediation, first call for emergency services. They're the best at cleanup. And uh, they will help you with the insurance company, as Jerry w- uh, Gary was telling us about here, and just uh, just a few segments ago, which is awesome because you don't, when you've got a problem with your home or your business, and you are hopefully not in total panic mode, but I'm sure there's some that is set in. You want them to also do what they can, uh, helping you deal with the insurance company. Cavens Group, they're the best in the business. Bottom line, Norman, Oklahoma City, four zero five five seven three thirty forty eight Tulsa. 918-282-7612. And they also do roofing repairs, uh, roofing repairs and replacement and free inspections. They do a great, great job uh, at everything they do. Their reputation is second to none in the area. Cavens Group again in Norman OKC. It's 405-573-3048. Tulsa Stillwater, 918-282-7612. Here's an interesting question. Steely, if you could go back in time to one Sooner season, which one would you go to? Parker, you can do that, too. It doesn't even have to be OU. It can be just a season for a team. For me, it would be uh, the 1975 Oklahoma football season. The wishbone. I love the wishbone era. 
It was such an art form when it was executed so well. By the way, our friend Wallace Marsh has a little something coming up on that. Be looking forward to that in the future. Because the wishbone, to me, I, I just loved it. I thought the Sooners, to me, were not only the best team in the country, but they were the coolest team in the country. You know, you had Joe Washington. You had all these great players. The cell, You had Leroy and Dewey in 75, little Joe Washington, Steve Davis, at quarterback. They actually, you know, you, you think about the victories they had, that uh, victory over Missouri, you know, with Joe Washington, uh, the run, Joe, run, Mike Trapp's call. Um you know, they had to squeak out a game on a Friday night at Miami before Miami was, you know, the U. They won that game. Uh, they beat Colorado, which was a really good program at the time. They beat Texas in Dallas. And they're rolling along. And then they lose at home to Kansas when I think they fumbled the ball nine times that day. And Steve Davis got booed by the OU fans, some of them anyway. And they lost that game, twenty. I think it was 23-3. The Sooners scored three points against Kansas. Nolan Cromwell was the quarterback for KU. Bud Moore, I believe, was the coach for KU. They lost that game late in the season. And then they come back the next week. They had to eke out that win at Missouri. Then they beat Nebraska handily, beat Michigan in the Orange Bowl, uh, and they won the national championship. But I would, I would go to 1975. Look. Because I just love the Wishbone era. I thought it was super, super cool. And not only, again, uh, was OU, you know, in the running to win a national championship, uh, you know, during the Switzer era, certainly the 73 team was great, 274, they won a national championship. But I thought they were cool, too, because of Joe Washington and, you know, the way they – just the way they went about their business – so I would go 1975 OU football. How about you, Parker? That 2017 season was so fun, Steely. I mean, they, uh, so what you're asking is, like, do I have any power to change the outcome, I guess is what I want to know. Or do I just get the opportunity to watch no, it all unfold again? Just which season would you go back to? And, it, and maybe it's uh, maybe it's not an OU season. Where you, I mean, before you got to OU, you guys, you were kind of a – how big of an OU fan were you? I know you were, but was it also Nebraska mixed in? What was no, what was your... no? I was never a Cornhusker, Steely. Never, never at all. Never. Good for you. I caught a lot of flack for it, but it wasn't that hard because when I was growing up, obviously OU was monumentally superior to Nebraska on the gridiron, at least. So. I, I don't know, man, because thing about it is, I in 2020, both of the professional sports teams that I root for, the L.A. Dodgers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, won titles for the first time in my lifetime. So it was an amazing year. My MLB team wins a championship. My NFL team wins a championship. But understandably, it kind of felt weird because it was the COVID year, right? Yeah. So you had – the MLB playoff bubble, and it was a shortened season, and you had NFL crowds in stadiums that were only partially full. You had that attendance cap, whatever it was. I think there were only like 40,000 people at the Super Bowl that year. So my knee-jerk reaction would be, say, would be to say I want to relive that 2020 season over again. But even so, it was kind of anticlimactic, even though I got to win – even though I got to watch both of my teams – win championships it was not as climactic as it probably otherwise would have felt in any other year but 2020 
Yeah, it was, man, looking back on those years, particularly further down the road, it's going to be very interesting. I remember the first superstar of the uh, COVID era was Joe Exotic. Yes, that is true. Joe Exotic was the first streaming star, whether it's infamous or whatever, but he was the first streaming star of the COVID era with Tiger King. One day will be a trivia question. Who is the first streaming star of the COVID era? How many, I mean, that what you talk about, streaming. And then what was the uh, second biggest streaming? Uh, probably the... Uh, was it the dance? Was that the Bulls documentary? The yes, dance? yes, it was. I think that was I think, the summer I of think, the last dance. I think those were the first two big ones, if I'm remembering right. We went straight from Joe Exotic to Michael Jordan. By the way, if you have a chance to see Air, the story of Nike and his pursuit of Michael Jordan, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, see it. And Jason Bateman, it's really good. It's really good. Check it out. It's I know it's free on Amazon Prime now, if you haven't seen it yet, by the way. So sort of free. I mean you're paying for Amazon Prime, but you know. It's uh it's really good. I like where they're Nike's trying to figure out in a board meeting, you know, who can we go after? We can't afford this guy, we can't afford that guy, and so and uh I like Mel Turpin from Kentucky. Mel Turpin was a uh would not have been a guy that you wanted to have. And I think he was in the league for what? Mill Turpin was probably five, maybe six years. But uh, it worked out for Nike. But it's really good if you have a chance to see that. All right, 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. Meyer Chevrolet text line. Let's get a few in before we break here. Parker, how do fellow Nebraskans feel about Jordy Ball leaving for Oklahoma? So asks Cherokee Sooner. Look, Cherokee Sooner, here's what you got to understand. Softball is not nearly as big a deal in Nebraska as it is in Oklahoma. So I doubt any Nebraskans are thinking twice about whether Jordy Ball could have been a Husker because those people really don't care about softball. That's just how it is. It's – and un- understandably – I don't think there's any fan base in the country that cares more about softball or as much about softball than the OU fan base because from a fan's perspective, it's really hard to care when you have a pretty good idea of who's going to win the national title every single year. At this point in time, it's usually Oklahoma. Somebody actually mentioned earlier on via the text line that if Oklahoma wins tonight, it's actually four in a row and would probably have been five had the 2020 season not been suspended. Yeah, that's right, because of the COVID year. You're right, yeah. I mean, it won't officially go down that way, but uh, that's correct. And I don't know if I've ever seen an OU athlete, and I'm not just talking about athletic ability, but an OU athlete lock in as much as Jordy Ball does when you can just tell she's in a zone and it's just like, I'm coming after this batter uh, and we've got to get this out. And, look, that's not to take away from any of the greatness of the athletes that have been at OU, but I just don't know if I can think of one that locks in like that where you can just tell it's like, all right, this is a battle here. We're going at it. And maybe it's because you see the pitcher's face and, you know, it's harder to see and, you know, in football with the helmets and everything. But, man, she gets in a zone and really gets locked in. And she, she's she been the MVP, clearly, of this uh 
Women's College World Series. And think about, you know, <laughs> how many heroes OU's had. But Jordy Ball has been the MVP so far for OU. All right, break time right here at Cavens on a Thursday. Game two tonight, 6.30 on ESPN. Sooners win. It's a national championship, their third straight. Florida State wins. It's not going to happen. It'll be a game three coming up on Friday. Stay with us here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. Welcome back here at Cavens Group. Always uh, great to be out here on a Thursday. Gary and the crew Super hospitable, and uh, once again, you have an emergency situation, mold, fire, water issues, pipes break, uh, home floods, building floods. Uh, You need to give the folks here at Cabins a call. They are truly the best, and they are going to get the job done for you. Their reputation, second to none in the area. Cabins Group, Norman, Oklahoma City, 405-573-3048. In uh, Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Online at Cavins, C-A-V-I-N-S, CavinsGroup.com. Riverwind, place to be any day. We'll be out at Riverwind tomorrow. Can't wait to see Justin and the crew out there. Uh, Plank and I will both be doing shows out there at Riverwind. If you haven't seen the new-look Riverwind Casino, it's almost completely done. There's just one area they're, they're completing right now. But 98% of the casino is completely done. It looks spectacular. It's awesome. It's a new, improved Riverwind. There wasn't hardly anything to improve anyway, but it looks better, and you will love it. They now have nearly 3,000 electronic games. They have all of your favorite table games as well, a tremendous poker room, off-track betting, Great promotions like the new member seven, earn up to $450 in one day with your brand new Riverwind wild card. Won't cost you a dime and you can win big with it. And we've got, again, the very best promotions all the time at Riverwind. And we've got music, indoors and outdoors. Let's think outdoors this Saturday. Gin Blossoms and Tonic on the Coupe Ale Works Beats and Bites stage, outdoors at Riverwind, second show of the 2023 season. We started out with Blue Oyster Cult and 38 Special. We have the Gin Blossoms and Tonic on stage coming up this Saturday night. And it's not too far away, not far away at all. In fact, uh, two weeks from tomorrow, we will have a show back at the Showplace Theater. What a way to start. The Showplace Theater coming back is a great concert venue. June 23rd, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Now, tickets are sold out for that event, but many other events are coming. Collective Soul in July, Josh Turner in July, the comedy of Gabriel Iglesias in July. We have Dwight Yoakam and the Counting Crows. Uh, both doing shows in August, REO Speedwagon, Chicago in September, Foreigner, Rodney Carrington, Aaron Lewis with shows on the way, and many more to come. Our man Colin over there does a great job uh, getting some great shows over there. So Riverwind Casino, though, this Saturday, get out and see the Gin Blossoms and Tonic. Uh, bring your folding chairs, bring your lawn chairs. The kids under 12 get in free. Tickets for this event are only 10 bucks. All the best local food trucks out there, activities for the kids, arts and crafts, and some great music outdoors at Beats and Bites 2023 with the Gin Blossoms and Tonic coming up this Saturday night. All right, Parker, let's get to the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405 405- 651-3439. Clinton Tulsa says, Kinsey Hansen and Jordy Ball, co-MVPs. 
Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Kenji's done, uh, did a great job. She had, uh, obviously, the big uh, double and uh, drove in another run last night. She's been spectacular. Um, you know, and, you know, everybody has played their role. If you think about everybody on this team has played uh, a great role. But to me, I would go with Jordy. I mean, because the pitcher controls so much of the game. But, you know, the bottom line is the Sooners are – barring something really spectacular from Florida State, are going to win another national championship this year, and everybody will have played their part. Because it really is it's a, it's a team. And that's a great team with a lot of great players. But, again, just because you have great talent doesn't mean the chemistry is always going to be great. And that is what I think is also what is tremendous about Patty and this coaching staff, how they have a bunch of superstars, and they're all happy. They're all, and it doesn't appear to be any jealousy or anything. They're just all about winning. From a listener in the 918, the town of Preston has been out of water since Memorial Day weekend. Our water sucks. We need a Patty Gasso Tower. Where's Preston located? Do you know, Parker? Have you been to Preston? I'm assuming it's located in the 918. Yeah, sounds like it. You know, for a guy who's lived in Oklahoma about 55 years of his nearly 60 years, I still don't know where a lot of uh, as many Oklahoma towns where they're located as I should. I guess you have to travel to do that. See, I like to sit and watch, like, sporting events and play video games. That's what old people do. They don't move around that very much. From the 918, I took my grandson to the Venables Youth Football Camp yesterday Ethan Downs was his group coach. What a great young man. I know that Ethan Downs hater is going to come crawling out of the weeds within seconds, but more Ethan Downs love. Can never have too much of that on this program. Yeah, and uh, by all accounts, everybody who runs into the kid, yes, from a great family and a really good kid. And, uh, again, I hope he has a really good year. And I thought, you know, last year was still pretty good, but his ceiling is – is still pretty high in my opinion. So I, I just think they're going to improve a lot just knowing the system better and having more options this year on defense. From the 918, Preston is right, ne- is right next to Okmulgee. Between Okmulgee and Tulsa. So there you go. So I, w- I would have they- driven past it at some point. It sounded familiar. I just couldn't place it. But, yeah, okay, that makes sense. There you go. What's Oak, Oak Mulgee's uh, mascot? Do you know? I do I not. should know that. Oak Mulgee, it's got to have a cool mascot name, I would think. But I don't know. And maybe it's because in my older age, they just don't come to me like they used to. But I need to go. We need to get uh, Patty Gasso deserves a water tower. That's what we're saying, at least. That should, be, that should be the first thing she should be given. And then we'll name the compost facility again, the Lincoln M. Riley Compost Facility out there by Highway 9. You can travel down Stroud Street to get to it. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, man. Clark, I love how Clark Stroud just continually catches strays for no other reason than the fact that he rode Mule Shoes coattails to USC. Yeah, you know, it's... Simply being associated with Mule Shoe is enough to get you blacklisted. I'm an immature, nearly geriatric man. What can I say? And I hold grudges. I don't want to hold many, but that one that one's going to be 
held on to for a while. All right. I want to thank Gary and the crew here at Cavens. Thank you, Riverwind Casino. Thank you, Ref Army. Have a great Thursday.